Hello and welcome to the VanCast. Today we are with Carlin. Carlin, is that, did I pronounce that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Carlin, Carlin Sarah, that's me. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, just enjoying the day right now. Um, it's been nice and sunny these past couple days. Spring's coming in. Yeah, it's that spike weather, you know? Yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been getting ready to play some spike ball, not going to lie. <laughs> so you, you and me, we met playing spike ball. Um, we both thoroughly enjoy it. Um, you've taken it to a little bit of another level, I have to admit. I'm more of a recreational. You've really mastered the art or are trying to master the art. So just, just bring me back to the beginning. When did you really take notice of spike ball? Um, well, I was first introduced in 2016 with just with, you know, a couple of my buddies or whatever. And, um, yeah, it was just very casual, but then we were introduced to the spike ball app. And once I joined one of those pickup or the, the pickup games from the spike ball app, that's when I got really interested in playing. Um, yeah, I think it was the, it was like the Douglas Park days, one of those days. And it was a day when there was like maybe eight nets going on or something like that. It was, it was, it was really amazing. And I lost every single game that day. (laughs) It was, it was, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought I was good prior to coming to the pickup, but I, I literally lost every single game. Yeah. I had a similar <laughs> similar experience as well. I thought because I just played with my friends, and my friends were like pretty trash, to be honest. And and then I heard there's like these official rules and all these things, and like because at, at the beginning we would just play like you you just get two serves no matter what, right? You just kind of do your thing. But then I realized, oh, you actually got to hit the net with your serve and all these other rules that make a lot of sense and and make it more of a professional professional game and so you got there and you're like holy shit i need to i need to step it up if i want to actually be a threat out here yeah well i came in thinking that i was the shit actually i'm like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna beat these guys but then i got my ass handed to me (laughs) so just to give everybody a sort of idea what sort of uh tricks did you have in your bag at that point oh man at that uh i just had the regular regular put on serve i just thought i had a really strong hit and i thought i had really good sets and stuff but it turned out i didn't have any of that <laughs> yeah just the regular strong serve short serve yeah hit it hard hit. hit it light that sort of thing yeah ball would be flying upwards all the time yeah and everyone would just get the balls <laughs> and then your next step would be to start developing a serve yeah, I think, well, after that, I pretty much joined the pickup every week or every, or even twice a week at that point. Um, not really practicing at all, just really just playing with all these new people and getting yeah, some touches in, getting the experience. Exactly. Yeah. Just le- really learning from other people at that point. Yeah. Cause the one, one thing about spike ball is it's, it's the more you play, the more you like notice things that you could have done better. So you, you have like a scenario go down and then when afterwards you're like, damn it, only if I 
was over there a couple seconds earlier, if only if I anticipated this. And then slowly you start to develop a sort of instinct on where to be or, or where to go. Because in spike ball, it's the guy that's hitting it can really do so many different things in so many different directions. If you don't anticipate at least a little bit, you're fucked. Yeah, it, it's a 360-degree sport. And you got to be in the right position at the right time. Yeah. So so you, you really are infatuated at this point. You've gotten your reps in. So what what when did you start deciding, okay, I need to like master a serve or master a spin? Uh I think when we when a few of us started playing in Langley, th- those guys in Langley are like top notch. And they they had like the cut serves and everything, they had the best drops, um, they had lefty serves. And so at that point I actually registered for a spike ball course i think it was uh hosted by peter john Walter and uh tyler chizik one of the uh top teams in in the world actually and they had like a hundred dollar program and i i learned a whole bunch of uh yeah a whole bunch of skills from that program and that really helped me out um i learned how to cut drop uh Hit with lefties, uh, you know, all, all, pretty much. They had everything in that program at that, um, at this level. So imagine me as like a huge novice. How would how would you tell me how to like cut serve and drop serve, like the technique and what you're supposed to do with your body? Oh man, uh, well, when I first learned uh, doing it, I, I was just. Throwing the ball onto the net as for practice, you know, uh, really developing the spin. And the spin was really having the ball, or sorry, having your hand over the ball and really flicking your wrist downwards so that it would give like a sideways spin and a forward spin, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and your, your, your hand would go across your whole body and you'd really move your whole body to really give it that power as well but it was a lot of it is uh due to the wrist the wrist flicking which gives you which gives it a lot of spin and what do you what do you do with your legs do you like kind of twist your legs and your hips through the motion yeah yeah so pretty much the power pretty much comes from the ground up so you really got to be planted solidly you twist your hips then your torso follows followed by your shoulder then your elbow then your wrist it's pretty much like one continuous fluid motion starting from the ground up so you throw the ball up you you hit it with a flick of the wrist over the top to the side a little bit so that you get that top side spin which enables the ball to dip downwards and go fast um, which makes it really hard to anticipate what the ball is going to do yeah, exactly. And as soon as the ball hits the net, it actually changes directions a little bit due from due to the spin of the ball. Which is honestly, I being someone that's been hit by these serves or been served on by these serves, it's it's really it's really hard to analyze because um, normally when someone just does like a power serve, you can stay farther back 
um, and you kind of have a pretty good idea of where the ball is going to end up. But with this serve, because it looks like a power serve, you're starting farther back. But once once you hit it, um, because of the top spin, it it drops down. So it's fast and low and kind of short, not like super short, but kind of short. So you have a full, you're fully flabbergasted, and you really just have no idea um, how to how to deal with it. And then on top of that, um, once once you're at a pretty good level, you can kind of select which part of the net you're going to hit it. And does that also give you an idea of where it's going to end up? Yeah. So, I mean, depending on where you hit it, like if you if you, if I'm I'm a right-handed uh, server or a right-handed dominant, and um, if I hit a cut serve, it has to hit either the middle of the of the net or to the left. If it hits on the right side of the net, that would be considered a pocket because the pocket is helping the ball yes. change direction. So you want it like front pocket, front right pocket, the... or or center, or on the left lane. Because you're taking a step over, it makes it like it's the front pocket for you, right? Because you're because you're yeah. right-handed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and um, when when you're when you're not using, uh, can you can you do left and right side cut serves? Uh, my left is a little bit more weak, and accuracy accuracy is not as good as my right. But yeah, I can still do them. So having that utility makes it so your opponent has to quick. They don't know where where exactly it's going to come, which makes it even harder to defend against. And then on top of that, you also have um, a drop serve. So let me know about the technique and how you execute the drop serve or the short. Yeah, basically the drop serve, you want to kind of make it look like your regular power serve. Um, the point of it is to, you know, get into your power serve stance and make make the defense step back a little bit as you as you swing. But in the very last second, you kind of just let off let off the power, kind of give it a backspin. And that, what that will do, you know, you hit it onto the net, it'll backspin a little bit, but it'll land just short of the uh, the back rim. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so you're really, a big aspect is you want to make it them think the power serve is coming. Because um, that's one of my weak points is you always know when I'm going to short serve it because I have a different technique. So you if, if you have a, the same sort of beginning... To the serve, it's it's it tricks the opponent thinking that oh I got I got to be ready for the power and you hit it with that backspin. Um, do you kind of slice it? Yeah, it's a little bit of a slice. Yeah, I would say so. so. You kind of you kind of slice across it, giving it backspin. So when it bounces in the front pocket, it's going to land basically just right off the rim if it's perfect and makes it so so the the only way the opponent gets it is if they dive face first. Um, yeah, they got they got to die for that, and then they and then they pop it up, exactly. Um, um, and as well, do you look for positioning on the net when you're you doing your drop serve? Yeah, I think front pocket is always best because the front pocket will help it help your backspin push it forward more because there's a little bit more tension in the on the pockets yes. of the rims, and so. With 
with the combination of the front pocket and the backspin, it just it lands very close to the rim, and it makes it almost impossible for the defense to grab. So what else do you have in your bag of tricks besides your cut serve and your drop serve? Uh, late, uh, actually, recently I just learned how to reverse cut, which is actually the opposite spin of a regular cut serve. So you know so how I was saying you top hit the ball the side. on top spin to the side? Yeah. Now with doing a reverse cut, it's actually the top. It's a, You're still going from the top, but now you're turning your wrist the opposite way from a cut serve. So when so it lands on the net, o- it'll, over it'll top, bounce you're going- to the right instead, yeah. So instead of over top flick, you're doing like under flick. Pretty much. It's over. So the the cut serve would be over top and to the left. The reverse cut would be over top and to the right. The, oh, okay. The, so the, it's the, still the flick over of the wrist. Top. Yeah, yeah. The flick of the wrist is is uh, a slightly different. You're kind of going under the ball, over top, and then following through under the ball. If that makes sense. And what does that do to the ball when it when it hits the net? When it hits the net, um, you know, people people would normally expect the cut serve, so you know they, they would try to receive it with their right hand. But with the reverse, you hit it on the net; it actually reverse spins to the to their left hand. So oh, it's wow. it's kind of a deception there. And normally, you know, that it, would be their weak hand, generally speaking. Typically, yeah, if, yeah. If they most people are right handed, yeah. Wow, that that is that's that's just bonkers. Honestly, that's it's yeah, it's the new wave. That's the new, <laughs> as the new of like trend. 20, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the new serve. Because uh, that way, they really have no idea if it's going to be a cut or a reverse cut. Yeah, when exactly. you're serving it, they really have to pay attention to your like wrist movements or like so because it, it does kind of look different. When your like your body language or your body movement is slightly different when you do a reverse cut, and the only way that you can really learn how to receive those is really just playing against people who know how to reverse cut. So um, that brings me on to my next question: When you're on defense, um, I guess we should. So how do you defend against these serves when you're on defense? Starting with the regular cut or the tips. I know it's. Not a hundred percent, but what tips do you have for defending against a regular cut serve? Uh, just receiving in general. You really want to square up with the server. Like you don't want to cheat to the right or left, unless you know they don't have a left lefty serve. Let's just yeah. assume we're just playing with someone that knows all the serves. Yeah, you really gotta just square up and try to mirror what he's doing. Or he or she is doing. Um, that's the only way that you won't be out of position, and you really just have to react, uh, rely on your reaction time at that point. And Playing how far point. back do you generally stand from the net? Uh, just outside of the circle, maybe even on the circle, because the further away that you are from the circle, and they know how to do a, a reverse cut or a cut, 
the more angle they'll be able to cut that ball, if that makes sense. So makes, the closer you sense. are, you can you can cut off that angle a little bit more, a little bit better. An- another thing that I've noticed is um, once they they throw the ball in the air, um, they can't they can't do that twice, right? They can't throw it up twice, right? Yeah, no. So one, so so they'll like they'll do their like fakes, like trying to fake you out left and right. But if you kind of focus on the hand with the ball in it, once they actually release the ball, then you know, okay, this is the side that he's going to hit it on. Yeah, exactly. You just, you have to wait for that moment before you actually start. Because because um, I I get juked way too often. So would you say the best thing is to just not move with their jukes or do you move with their jukes and and just keep moving with their jukes or do you just kind of let them juke and then once they look like they're going to do the toss the ball up you follow yeah i would say just try to keep your feet planted but you know move your body towards the jukes try not to fall for them too much but it's kind of good to move with them you know it's kind of like you're kind of like just dancing with them a little bit and once they release that ball then you can start moving your feet in that direction. So what about the drop serve? Um, what's a good way to anticipate and maybe defend against the drop serve? Yeah, it's the same as uh, you know receiving the, the regular serves and, and just kind of being around, st- or planting your feet around the service line. Like, again, if you're... If you're um, far back you know you wouldn't be able to get these drops you would have to like really run and d- dive for them but if you're staying around the the service line you know there's there's o- it's only a step and you know a little lunge to get those um those shorts so you kind of want to have a good understanding of your quickness and how how long it takes you to get forward and backwards because um, the general consensus is it's easier to move forwards than it is to move backwards. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a pretty good overview of how to serve um, and how to defend against serve. So let's move on to how how you communicate um, and deal with a partner. All right, yeah. Um, there are set defense plays that you can do um generally how i like to play is i like to play close and it's always good to have one person close and one person far so that you know if they if they hit it far the far person can go get that ball or if they drop it somewhere close i can i'm still around the net to like pop that up and when you're when you're close you kind of want to take the space that your far guy is not so if they do crank it um it'll be close to the far guy exactly yeah you kind of want to funnel the ball towards your uh, partner who's playing far um you kind of want to cut off as much space as you can and try to essentially guide the ball towards your partner um sometimes the ball might hit you and you can body block that up and then your partner can come running in or whatever so you want to stay kind of low um low center of gravity so if they do kind of strike it at you you can body shot it and then you're there also for the low hits 
Exactly. And especially now with these uh, new 2020 run rules, you can actually double touch them now. Touch the ball. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, on blocks, if as long as the block happens within the uh, seven-foot circle, you're able to set the ball after you block it, but that would count as your second hit, and then your partner would be the third hit. So... If if you if it hits off your chest and goes up, you can now set it um, to your partner and just spike it on. Exactly. Yeah. But really... what if what if it hits off your chest towards your partner? Can they get that extra hit, or does their them touching it automatically mean um, it's now the second touch? Yeah, that would be considered the second touch. So and you ha- I... you have to receive your own body block for it to be one touch. Uh, no, it would still be, it would still count as two. So, um, the, the body would be the first touch, the set from the person that bodied would be the second touch. And then your partner would be the third touch. So So it's not, it's not quite like volleyball, you know, where you in volleyball, you're able to block the ball, but you still have an additional three touches. It's not like that. So where, where does the double, double touch come in? Um, basically you're allowed, you're allowed to touch it twice instead of it going direct. Your partner now has to be the second touch. Oh, I see. So long, so long as it's like a, as it's a block or within the seven circle, seven foot circle. Cause before it was, I body block it. My partner has to get the second touch and then I can get the touch. But now if I block it, I can get the second touch and then your partner can, that actually is a great rule change. I think that I think that will make the game a lot more fun. Yeah, these new rules um, they definitely help with more rallies. Um, there's definitely like you know there was a big problem with the spike ball you know prior to these rules where it would be almost impossible to to defend if the if you if you gave them a bad serve and they. You know they have a really good set, and the, the ball r- lands right in the middle. It was uh, it was always hard to really predict and get rallies going from those older rules. But now you have the no hit zone rule, which is uh, there's a 1.5 uh, perimeter around the net, and you can't step inside that circle when hitting the ball onto the net. Okay, so it means that your angles have been cut down a little bit. Exactly. So you can't just reach into the middle and like go wherever you want. You actually have to be so you can't you can no longer set perfectly to the middle of the net, basically. You have to set a little bit out so that they can crank exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. Because now like if you set in the middle of the net, you're kind of reaching over and it's a little bit harder. Unless you're a really tall dude, like you can it's very hard to Because your yeah. feet your feet just have to be behind it, but you can but you can swing inside. Right, you can swing inside, and your but your follow through after you hit the ball, you still have to remain outside of the uh, the circle. Oh, even the follow through, you need to. Yeah, just with your feet, though. Just with your feet. Yeah, I actually really like these new rules um, because I totally agree with you. A big, a big. uh, Once you got like guys that were really good, it was basically like a serve game, right? It's like who's gonna who's gonna screw up their serve first. 
Exactly. Um, but now, sense. with these rules, it's encouraging more of a rally, which is what I think what makes spike ball fun is the rallies. Exactly, yeah. That, yeah, for sure. And I really like these new rules, and a lot of people are actually really liking them as well. But it does mean you need to have like equipment to be able to put these lines in, right? Exactly. Probably like some uh, uh, turf paint or whatever. But I've been using really strong duct tape as uh, markers. Oh, so you just like duct tape the ground? Exactly, yeah. Just like little, a little dotted circle around the net and then a couple pieces of tape at the, the serving positions. It's now seven feet, by the way. It's not. It's uh. It changed from six feet to seven feet. That that's also better. Yeah, it, it helps with the yeah serve receive. God, I'm actually pretty excited to play spike ball. <laughs> Where have you, you can, guys been you can playing? Also, sorry, you can also sorry uh lean lean in with these new serves. So prior to the new changes, um, you all of your body parts had to be behind the six feet. Yeah. Now with the seven foot rule, only your feet have to be out on the outside, and you can kind of lean in now and serve. Like if you really want to, you can lean in forward and do a, like a little drop shot from you know your hands. Yeah, would be probably like, like four feet in right or something. You're like, like that. someone that's got like a eight foot wingspan. Yeah, you just can literally like, lean or uh, lean in and just tap the ball. That's hilarious. Yeah, but overall, like it really helps the game for sure. It definitely reduces a serve ball as they call it so have you been playing in a lot of um games since the new rules any like professional games or tournaments or whatever uh no tournaments obviously due to covid and stuff but uh i've just been playing with like a very small group of friends um uh and we've been playing within a hit zone uh no hit zone rule all the new rules and yeah it's been really great like at first it's kind of weird to adjust because now you have to be aware of where your feet are like yep. if you if you're if you're hitting and your feet is touching the line or is inside you lose that point so it's got to be fully outside the line you got to be outside the line yeah you just got to be more awesome. you got to be more spatially aware so you got to so you kind of like as you're coming up you kind of like right before you hit it you kind of like have an have an idea okay where are my feet and then you crank it through and then i guess over time you'll naturally have a pretty good idea where that line is yeah exactly it just it just takes a little bit of getting used to like the first couple games that you play it's going to be weird you're going to step on the line your hits are going to be awful but then you know after after a day or a couple sessions you know you kind of get the hang of it and it starts to become really fun there's a lot more rallies um yeah like you said it 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 goes back to those old spike ball days, you know, that you have with your friends and have really long rallies and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's yeah. just really great overall. Yeah, exactly. It's more user-friendly, um, especially for people that don't play as often. It means that they have a better chance of uh, getting getting it going and having more fun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you, do you think um, this sport is going to be in the Olympics? Oh man, yeah. Well, I think it should be in the Olympics, especially you know as the sport develops. I do think I do still think they're gonna because every year they have these small rule changes or whatever. But it's only to better the sport, you know. Like at at the time of last year and or even prior to last year, the game 
wasn't very fun to watch due to all the serve ball and just no rallies and stuff like that. Just just because of how the game worked and all the rules and stuff like that. But you know, as the as the years progress, um, the rules help it. Um, it helps it become more of a spectator or the viewership a little bit better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's a be- lot more fun to view when people are rallying because those are honestly like those are the most fun to play and the most fun to view. Um, exactly, yeah. Because it's action packed, a lot of stuff's happening, right? Um, and serves are like they're cool, but they're not like an, as entertaining as a full on rally. It's like imagine watching like a volleyball game where it was just one guy just fucking acing and then acing and then acing. It's like okay, well. Where's the fun in that? Exactly, and that's how it was last year and prior to that. And I can totally see because it's you do need to be quick, right? Agile. Yep. Um, you need to have a bunch of different techniques. Um, you need to have a lot of practice and repetition because it's not a hundred percent. Like even the best players will miss a serve, right? Um, Absolutely. And my favorite part is the anticipation and and kind of guessing or anticipating what's going to happen um that's that's what makes it so fun in my opinion mm, is you're, yeah. you're really letting your instincts take over um in some cases and you're just kind of like naturally being like okay well i'm just going to do this and and most likely they're going to do that or and you kind of you kind of learn who your opponent is kind of like in poker where you're like okay this guy bluffs all the time this guy doesn't like to raise you kind of anticipate that when you're playing against people you're like, okay this guy will normally use a, a, a power hit in this situation or this guy likes to drop it if i move back a little bit right yeah exactly. um and you really learn your opponent and and it's and you have a partner too which means there's a lot of teamwork and chemistry that develops yes yeah absolutely um who's your partner uh for the most part. Uh, so for the past like four or five tournaments, I've been playing with uh, a dude named Carlos. Um, he's uh, from Langley, and yeah, he's been he's been uh, a really great partner. We we do have really great chemistry. So what um, sort of what are the sort of things you do to bounce off each other? Like you said, you kind of like to stay closer to the net. Yeah. So I'll I will always usually be on the net and he will be somewhat outside um yeah i would i would play close he would play far for the most part um and just being really positive in general like i think it's it, it really is a mental sport just like any other sport really um you know sometimes you'll miss a serve you'll miss a hit but you and your partner will miss a serve and miss hits but you really just got to stay positive and just stay in it I think is one of the the key things that you got to be good at, you know, one of those those mental games. Yeah, that's true. You can't break down. The moment exactly. you break down mentally and you start getting negative, everything starts to fall apart. Yeah, and you know, just a little bit of positivity can really go a long way, especially in tournaments. So, it has been awesome chatting with you about spike ball. I'm yeah, bloody excited to play some spike ball this summer with you so once everything people get vaccinated and it cools down a bit we'll definitely we'll definitely start playing spike ball and 
And with yeah. these new rules, I think it should be it should be really nice for everyone. Yep, it's it's a nice refresher for sure. So if you would like to shout out your Instagram or anything, you can go right ahead right now. Yeah, it's uh, at Carlin V C A R L I N V. Um, yeah, that's my Instagram. And if people want to, like, they don't really have friends and want to play Spikeball, how do they do so? Uh, well, just like I, just like me, there's the Spikeball app. I'm not sure if many people use the Spikeball app these days. But once um, COVID's calmed down, it'll, it'll pick back up, probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, in terms of Vancouver, um, we do have a Facebook group that you can join. It's called Spikeball Weeklies. Um, there's about 300 members or so in there. Um, and sometimes people post where, where they're going to play or whatever. There hasn't been much posting um, lately just because of COVID. Everyone's kind of trying to stick to their own bubbles. But yeah, assuming that everything's all good, we have uh, a Facebook page. We also have a uh, Facebook uh, messenger group as well with, the, with about 100 people. Um and yeah, even just, yeah, the Spikeball app can be a good start if you know absolutely nobody. And the last question, are you a beach or a park guy? I am a park guy. The and park, why, why do you like the park more? You're able to push off of the ground better than you are pushing off of the sand. Um, you're able to run faster on grass because we're playing with cleats as well right yeah yeah and so like beach is fun you know the vibes are fun it's always nice to dive on sand but ultimately i think the sport is meant to be a grass or turf sport i totally agree i totally agree well thank you my man thank you have a good day brother yeah man take care man